the thing that is different between the online format versus in person is that eye contact, body language. I feel like five minutes messaging versus five minutes actually having a, a real conversation, you get such a better idea as to what kind of person they are. I feel like five minutes of talking in person is equivalent to like a week maybe of messaging. And I'd rather use my time that way than like guessing and trying to wonder. Like I'd rather just figure it out in five minutes. From the Boston Globe and PRX, this is Love Letters. I'm Meredith Goldstein. I think it's fair to say we've all lost track of time. The pandemic has sucked up nearly two years of our lives. It's so easy to look back and feel like we need to hastily make up for what we've missed. I've been thinking about this idea a lot, especially when it comes to the pandemic and college students. College is often four years of exploring, trying new things, making a dumb mistake or many dumb mistakes. But COVID doesn't leave much room for that kind of experimenting. When college campuses went remote in early 2020, I really felt for these young people who were robbed of the usual college experience. I wondered what this would mean for their development, for personal growth, and, of course, what it would mean for dating and romance. That's why I want to tell you the story of Iz Indelicato, a 23-year-old senior at Simmons University in Boston. When the pandemic hit, they were a junior and studying journalism. Iz had a vibrant social life and was super involved with school. They also had a serious partner who they'd been in a monogamous relationship with. The pandemic turned all of that upside down and made Iz rethink not just how they approach dating, but what they hoped to get out of it more broadly, too. Before the pandemic, my dating life was, I want to say, for the most part, pretty traditional for people my age. I was sort of dating around a little bit, but mostly I was in relationships. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I was in a relationship and we had been together for about a year and a half at that point. I had kind of always noticed them on campus and thought that they were cute, but had no real window or opportunity to be like, hey, my name is, do you want to be my friend or possibly something more? But then when I saw them on Tinder, I was like, okay, I feel this barrier is strong enough where I don't have to be that vulnerable. Because if they don't swipe back, it's fine. We were friends for a little bit, but definitely had crushes on each other and then ended up dating. And right when the pandemic started, things sort of started getting rocky between the two of us. Iz is living on campus when Simmons goes into lockdown. They move home with their parents in New Hampshire, sending them in the opposite direction of their partner, who must also move home. They don't see each other in person at all for several months. That was really, really rough. When we reunited a couple months later, things just felt really different. That time when we reunited was sort of when we realized, like, this isn't working. Maybe we need to try something else. And we ended up deciding to do an open relationship. And that was not my idea. I thought I was going to hate it. I get jealous. I thought I was very much a monogamist. At this point, the pandemic is in full swing. Campus is closed, and Iz has moved out of their parents' house 
and moved in with their partner's family. Iz appreciates how seriously their partner is taking COVID, and living together makes it easier and safer to see one another without the stress of getting tested or quarantining first. In this open relationship, Iz and their partner are still one another's primary partner, meaning they're each other's main romantic and intimate focus. But Iz also starts exploring new connections with other people. Iz is pansexual, which means they're interested in dating people of all genders and identities. Non-monogamy gives them the opportunity to meet many different people. For Iz, having multiple relationships helps them realize they don't need to get all of their needs met by just one person. They end up really liking this. In a lot of ways, I don't think that dating in college is what I thought it was going to be. Going into college, I was very much like monogamy, like one partner dating in like serious long term relationships. And then I was like, wait, like that's not that that does that's not the way it needs to be. They could be like a guy, a girl, non-binary, trans. It doesn't matter to me. It's really just about having that connection and that understanding and respect for one another and especially respect for boundaries at this point, just because of the pandemic and me learning more about myself in terms of my physical and mental health and and what I need from a romantic or sexual partner. So much to Iz's surprise, non-monogamy turns out to be a great fit. But for their partner, not so much. We pretty suddenly broke up and then I had to like go back home to my parents. And it was just like a very, very sudden thing that I wasn't expecting. And that was really difficult. It's March of 2021 when Iz and their partner call it quits. It's also around this time that vaccines become readily available. This is a big deal for Iz. They're immunocompromised, so the pandemic had been extra isolating. It's a whole new world in more ways than one. I think it was weird because I was re-entering the dating world in terms of the way that other people were in a more vaccinated world or a safer world, and then also re-entering the dating scene because I was out of a relationship. So I feel like in two ways I was really going back into things. And I think both with like not having a lot of connection during the pandemic and then no longer having a really important connection in my life because my partner and I had broken up, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to meet people, I think, or date. I don't know if I want something serious at this point, but I want to meet new people and form new connections, whether they end up just being friendships or something more. In the weeks and months after the vaccine rollout, I heard from a lot of letter writers who felt this built-up pressure to get back out there and not waste a moment in doing so. To be honest, I was concerned about this. Before COVID, most of the letters I received for my advice column were about dating fatigue, that exhaustion that comes with a feeling like you have to keep looking and swiping. I hope that we learn during this pandemic experience to give ourselves a break. But here's an interesting thing about is. They have a new drive to date, to make connections, to find partners, but they don't want to fall in the same trap that so many people had before 2020. After a couple of years of dating through apps and serial monogamy, Iz decides the post-pandemic world is the perfect time to make some big changes, to try dating by their own rules. I think part of me was like, okay, it doesn't just have to be one person. And then also, I don't want to meet people online. 
Like I'm so missing having connections and having conversations with people organically. Like I wish I could do that in a way that worked with dating. I have social anxiety and I have a hard time. I'm always thinking people are thinking about what I'm doing and analyzing everything that I do. I had this realization, which was kind of difficult because I'm a Leo and I love attention, but I realized no one cares even an ounce about me as much as I do about myself and the things that I do. But I think honestly, going into this vaccinated world, things feel easier because I'm realizing everyone is in the same boat. No one remembers how to socialize. Everyone's feeling socially awkward. Even before I noticed it with dating, I noticed it with like cashiers or someone at Dunkin' Donuts or someone that I just bumped into on the street, like saying hi to people and then actually kind of getting into how someone's day was going. I feel like we are all so starved for a connection that is not through a screen. And I feel like people are so receptive to this in like a friendly way that there's a chance that some people might be receptive to it in a romantic or more intimate way. So Is makes a decision. They're done with app dating for now. It's in-person meeting only. For someone my age, hey, Generation X, this is not a particularly revolutionary idea. I mean, I went to college in the pre-app era. I didn't even have a cell phone in college. For better or worse, we had to flirt face-to-face. I know, it was a whole thing. But what Iz is doing, this throwback approach to dating, it does go against some pretty established rules in today's dating climate. Let me throw some numbers at you. In 2020, nearly half of all American adults under 30 said they had used a dating app or website to meet people. And people who identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual were roughly twice as likely as straight Americans to say they'd used one. This all comes from a Pew Research Center study, by the way. I wanted to learn more about these trends in app versus in-person dating, especially when it comes to people like Iz in Gen Z. So I called up Justin Garcia, He's the executive director of the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. Kinsey's whole thing is tracking trends and developments in sex and relationships. When we chatted, Justin reiterated what we already know. App dating is by far the most common way people meet today. But he made an interesting point. That desire for FaceTime, it's still baked into our DNA. We've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years of social interaction and body language and in-person communication. So you can see why some people, like Iz, would want a courtship that starts face-to-face. So Iz, vaccinated and freshly single in the spring of 2021, is ready to go full retro to try to meet people, and maybe pick them up in person. Iz finds a trick to doing this. Because they're a student journalist, they decide, hey, what if I make this a project? I'll make it my mission to meet people in real life, as opposed to on an app, and I'll document the journey. In preparation, Iz comes up with a whole plan of action, a list of meet-cutes that they hope will lead to in-person dating success. I am going to ask a friend to set me up and maybe leave a little note or say something to someone at a bar 
maybe like try to go to a coffee shop regularly and see if there's someone who's always there at the same time that I am. And then eventually being like, hey, we're here at the same time. If you ever want to get a cup of coffee, let me know. And I was getting ready to do all of these things. And I went to a party and I was like, oh, wait, like a party might be a good place to meet someone because you have that interaction. You have I some lo- mutual I love friends. that you say that like it's revelatory, like obviously a party is somewhere to meet somebody if you're my age, right? Like where else? That's why we had parties in my 20s. That was like the only way. Also, also, I don't typically go to parties. Well, so I especially think, these days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even before I didn't. So like I was like, wait, this is this is a way I could I could meet someone was pre-Delta. It was like when everyone was like, okay, we're all vaccinated. We're feeling good. They checked vaccination cards at the door. And I didn't know anyone at the party except for the host. So I was I was nervous. I was like, what the heck am I doing? But whatever. It's fun. It's live music. Maybe I'll meet people and make friends. It was kind of awkward walking around the party at first and like went down for a couple sets of music. And then it got wicked hot in the basement. So I decided to go upstairs for a little bit. And right at the top of the the stairwell coming up from the basement, there was a whiteboard that said community announcements. And it said something about, oh, if you have a garden club or a kickball team that you want someone to join, or if you're looking for a friend, write it here. And there were a couple of Expo markers on the whiteboard. So I took one of the markers and I wrote, looking for a summer fling for journalism, and then put my Instagram handle. And... A boy at the party saw me write that, and he was like, what's what's this about? And with that, Izzy's experiment takes off and continues after a quick break. Okay, we're back. Is is at a party giving their dating for journalism, trying to meet somebody in person idea, a try. This guy at the party expresses interest almost instantly. So I explained to him this project that I was doing of trying to meet people in different ways. And he engaged me with it. And I thought that it was really nice that he was curious. So that already was like a green flag and sort of what I am hoping to get out of meeting people in person is that more immediate sense of whether or not we're going to vibe or not. And I kind of had a feeling that... He was possibly interested, but I, st- I told myself my Instagram handle is on the board. If he's really interested, he can he can find me and message me. I went home after having a really fun night, went to bed and woke up the next morning seeing that he had messaged me asking for more information about dating for journalism. And then from there, we we went on a couple dates. So in their very first attempt at old school in-person dating, Iz finds success, way more success than they originally anticipated. Iz says meeting in person makes it easier to judge initial chemistry, something they were able to do well with that boy at the party. I realized like, okay, if I met someone in person before I really even started doing anything with them or like pursuing a relationship with them, then I'm going to get that vibe as to whether or not they want to engage with me and the stuff that I'm doing in my life. And that's what I found with with the boy that I've been seeing, because at that party, he was like, oh, like, what is this about? What are you doing? That's so cool. What else do you do? This, that and the other thing. And I I could tell pretty quickly through that conversation that it wasn't just going to be all about him. Moving into the vaccinated world and out of my relationship, I 
did start with online dating and I had two kind of shitty experiences just with people who were pretty self-centered. And I think because like I already had hung out a couple of times, I just sort of like stayed with it because I felt safe physically in terms of like COVID and, and their protocols and how how seriously they were taking it that I just kind of kept going even though I wasn't really happy and didn't feel like I was being listened to. As Is tells their friends about this new project, this radical notion that you can meet people to date without using your phone, they find a lot of support, even enthusiasm. I think for the most part, people like the idea. Even like going on dates and talking to different people, I'll I'll ask them and be like, do you feel like now in this vaccinated world that you're more open to meeting people organically? And a lot of the answers that I've gotten from people are, yes, like I, I would like to meet people in person and have these more quote unquote old school connection forming moments. And I think that everyone's just too scared to admit it because it's just not what we're used to. And no one wants to come off as too forward or weird or predatory or creepy. People want that in-person connection and those in-person moments of, of meeting someone that could possibly turn into something more than just like a hey, how are you, when you're out at a bar or at a coffee shop or something like that. It sounds nice to think about asking out the attractive stranger you make eyes with over your latte or whatever. But when we ask is if any of their friends have actually met a partner offline, started a relationship organically, as they put it, is couldn't think of a single person. Not one of their friends, to the best of their knowledge, has actually dated someone they just met randomly out in the world. The general way that people find each other is definitely through online dating, whether it be Tinder or Hinge or Bumble. Yeah, like I want to talk about that because, you know, you say most people meet through apps and like that is of no surprise to anyone under a certain age. And then there is like somebody my age who is from an era where it was, like, shameful and pathetic to some to have to go online to do this, right? Which seems so weird now, right? Like, Right, it's completely the opposite. I almost feel like there's embarrassment the other way, where if it's, like, if you approach someone in person and do something that... that's in person, then that's almost embarrassing. Like, I feel like I have a fear of going up to people in person or making connections at parties and stuff because I'm I'm scared that I'll come on too strong or that people will be freaked out by it because we're all so used to doing this on our phones. When I said, like, I think my friends like the idea and think it's a great idea, I think that they think it's a great idea for me. And I think everyone is too scared to actually do it. So I think part of the reason why I want to do it is to show people, like, yeah, this is possible and it's not scary. I had to push back a little here. As I see it, for all of this talk of organic dating, Iz isn't really dating that organically at all. This started as a project for journalism, remember? And that idea leaves this journalist with some big questions. Isn't it enough just to date for yourself? I want to talk about the journalism thing. And let's have a heart-to-heart about it because as a journalist who's been doing this for a lot of years, even before the podcast, I look back at some of the things I did in the name of journalism. And it's not like it wasn't journalism. It's just like, uh, I didn't need to have called it journalism or done it for journalism 
they were generally things in some cases that I was afraid to do without being able to hide behind a notebook. Exactly. It's it's a it's a protection mechanism. A protection mechanism. The buffer that makes doing scary things, like putting your heart on the line, just a little more bearable. It's a move we all know well, or at least I do. But over the last year or so, things have changed for Iz and made them reconsider this approach. There's been COVID, of course, but not just that. They've also had a series of major health concerns, and all of it. It makes them rethink what they really want. What's most important? I think more so than the pandemic changing the stakes for me, it's been having a really rough go of it physically and mentally for the past couple of months and realizing that even like looking back to the pandemic and and with all this stuff that's been going on lately is that I do actually value connection way more than I've told myself and I've allowed myself to admit. And I think in realizing that a lot has changed. I had a really terrible kidney infection and that kept me out of school for like two weeks and I put so much of my value into my academic and professional achievements that when I wasn't achieving anything, I just felt completely empty and useless and worthless. I realized that even when I am accomplishing things and doing cool stuff, I never really feel fulfilled or proud of myself. And having been really sick, my mental health just kind of took a turn for the worse. And in talking like with my therapist and psychiatrist and stuff, my actions are not aligned with what my true values are. I think that my values are success, but when it comes down to it, it is connection. And I'm scared of that. It's so hard, especially because I'm just scared of getting hurt or like it not working and feeling stupid. But I mean, I don't feel good now. Like how how much worse can it get? Like I don't, I think we've hit rock, rock bottom in, in terms of like not feeling fulfilled or, or proud of myself. What I thought I was looking for was a story and something fun to do and something silly and a podcast or a, a story that would do well. But I think through this, I've realized that I'm actually doing it because I do value connection and maybe I do want something more serious with someone. For now, Is agrees. They're going to lay off the journalistic angle and let themselves feel the excitement and scariness that is dating in all of its organic glory. Is continues to keep their eyes open for new connections. When we spoke, they were also still seeing that boy they met at the party, the one who liked Is's whiteboard trick. But the relationship had a time limit, something Is actually feels okay about. He's moving in two weeks. Right from the beginning, I knew that he was he was leaving, and he's just someone who likes to travel and doesn't like to be in one place for too long. But I think it's like where where it's like a both and thing, where it's like sad that I feel like I'm finally allowing myself to be open with him, but it's showing me that I, I have the capacity and the ability to do that. In a weird way, this has been really good practice for me to allow myself to want connection and to have it and to be vulnerable while also having fun and being silly and just like having a good time. Is continues looking. Obviously, dating is a fluid experience these days based on where you live, your rules, what feels right amid COVID. But as much as I've come to embrace apps and what they can deliver, I wish is nothing but the best of luck. Maybe they can make me believe in meet cutes again. If you're being honest and doing it in the way that you want to do it, you're going to attract the people who find that attractive and 
think and work in a similar way that you do, which is going to make for a better relationship at the end of the day. Is thank you so much for enlightening me about this retro thing you're going to do, which is meeting people IRL, as they say, or don't say. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Today's episode was produced by Caitlin Harrop and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith does our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ashanti Davis. Check them out on the Love Letters Instagram. Special thanks to Brian McGrory and Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can always send us a letter. We are an advice column to loveletters at boston.com. We're online at loveletters.show. This is totally a non sequitur, but I just keep thinking about queer tango because my cousins, they're like late 20s into early 30s, but like the amount of times queer tango has been a part of like my family's vernacular. I've actually never seen them dance or anything, but I just, I don't know that they met romantic partners at queer tango. They might have, and they probably did, and I'm their older cousin, so they don't want to tell me this shit anyway. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.